We are bombarded with all kinds of messaging in media every day. Who's the hottest artist? What's the latest trend in social media? What massive tweet will change the civic or religious landscape? What's the next in thing? Messaging's not so bad if we keep it in perspective. And that's what we're going to do right now, today. Keep life in perspective as we listen intently for God's message so all the others will make sense. Welcome to Message Daily with your host, author, speaker, L. David Harris. Peace and blessings, listening friends. We know that you could have chosen to spend your time doing any one of a number of things, but I'm excited that you have chosen instead to invest some of it with us. This is L. David Harris. I am your host, and this is Message Daily, where we give you God's Word every single day. And today we are continuing in part number 56 in our devotional series titled Making Friends for God. Today's topic is What Matters to Jesus? What matters to Jesus? I think whatever matters to Jesus should and must matter to me. And I hope you agree. We're going to go ahead and pray and then we'll get underway. Father in heaven, thank you for giving us this new morning. Thank you for the opportunity to serve you, Father. Thank you for the privilege of prayer. And I'm asking you now to draw us into your presence so we can know your will and to know the mind of Christ. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen and amen again. Well, Jesus' message to his disciples in Matthew chapter 24 that blends events regarding the destruction of Jerusalem and the days before his return, followed by three end-time parables in Matthew chapter 25. And so we'll look at that in just a moment. Uh, these three parables outline the character qualities that matter to Jesus for a people waiting for the coming of the Lord. And so we're going to go right into the book of Matthew, Matthew chapter 25, and I will begin reading at verse 31. And the Bible reads, when the Son of Man shall come in his glory, we're looking forward to the day that Jesus Christ comes in his glory. Uh, Jesus said to those who were persecuting him, you will, know, you, will, you will not see me again until you say, you see me coming in the clouds saying, blessed is he that cometh in the name of the Lord, right? So he's going to come with power and great glory, and those who pierced him will see him. And of course, those who look for him, uh, he will appear a, a second time to them, of course, without sin and to salvation. And it says here, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And so we're looking forward to the day that we transition from the kingdom of grace. That's now where we are receiving power to do what God says, live according to his will, to this kingdom of glory. Verse 32 and before him shall be uh, gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, uh, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set up, set the sheep, pardon me, on his right hand, and the goats on his left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For as I was hungered, and ye gave me meat, I was thirsty, and ye gave me drink, I was a stranger, and ye took me in naked, and ye clothed me, I was sick, and ye visited me, I was in prison, and ye came unto me. 
Then shall the righteous answer unto him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee, or thirsty and gave thee drink? And when saw we thee a stranger and took thee in, or naked and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick and in prison and came unto thee? And the king shall answer and say unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the least of these my brethren, ye have done it unto me. And then shall he say unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. And then he reverses it and shows that when Jesus, meaning as he uh, represents himself in the least of these, his brethren, as these people had these needs, and God forbid, we would have turned our backs on them. Then he says, as ye have not done it unto the least of these, then you've not done it unto me. And so for us to persecute Jesus and leave him uh, uh, unclothed, unfed, unvisited, untended to through these people, then we are showing that we do not have the mind of Christ. So what is on the mind of Christ? People. People. God loves people more than anything. The Bible says that the first and great commandment is that we should love the Lord thy God with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our strength. Everything that we are and have, we love God with that. And the second great commandment, which is like unto it, is to love your neighbor as yourselves. On these two laws hang all the law and the prophet. And so it's about relationship, relationship with God, relationship with our fellow human beings, and manifesting the mind of Christ toward people. It is very easy to talk about things and preach about things and hold up signs and walk around the streets picketing about things, demonstrating about things. But God wants the kind of demonstration that makes a change in someone's life. Someone needs something to eat. You have something to eat. Give them something to eat. If you don't have something to eat, but you have a way of connecting them or linking them to that resource and you don't do it or I, God forbid, don't do it, then we are showing we don't have the mind of Christ. When someone needs a word in season, out of season, they need to be encouraged. They need to be corrected and we choose not to. Then we are showing that we don't have the mind of Christ. And of course, even though this uh, parable speaks of meeting people's genuine physical needs, an aspect of the story we should not neglect. Is it possible that there is something more there? There is a hidden hunger and thirst uh, that Jesus is manifesting here uh, where human beings need to be satisfied. When you go into the book of John chapter 6, you see that people are hungering and thirsting after the water of life, the bread of life, Jesus Christ himself. And he shows it in a, a discussion when he is giving real food or the felt need of the crowd to the people. But really and truly, he's saying that like uh, Moses, when he gave you manna, it was really bread from heaven. And when Jesus Christ comes from heaven, he is that sustenance that we all need. And so really and truly, we must and should give the felt needs of people where we have the strength and the ability, the resources. But more than that, the Bible teaches us that Jesus Christ came to seek and to save the lost. When last have you done anything, have I done anything to seek and to save someone who is lost? 
The Bible teaches us that that is the mind of Christ. In fact, the parable of the sheep and goats admonishes us to meet the physical needs of those around us. Yes, but it does much more. It is the story of Christ who meets the deepest needs of the soul. And in this, in this invitation to partner with him in ministering to those around us, he said that we have been reconciled unto him and we now have the ministry of reconciliation. To live self-centered lives and neglect the physical, mental, emotional, and spiritual needs of others is to risk eternal loss. Yes, in the parable, those who give their lives for something more than themselves are commended by their Lord and welcomed into eternity, while those who selfishly pursue their own agenda and neglect the needs of others are condemned by their Lord. And so God is teaching us that the mind of Christ is love. The mind of Christ is love, and there is no way that a person can love another person, see them in need, and do absolutely nothing to help in that case. So we do our best to help people with the felt needs and as much as it is within our uh, abilities, or we can link them to others, and we are to help people who need spiritual light and life and food. All of these things, we're just being proxies for God. We're his ambassadors. We receive from Pardon me, we receive from God and then we freely give. Isn't it an honor to be an ambassador for God? Take it seriously. Peace. Thanks for joining us, listening friends. Always remember, what God says matters most. His message shared through our lives has the power to change the world today and provide hope for the future. This has been Message Daily with L. David Harris. Until next time, make it a great day.